0: If you are looking for a mobile wallet to hold and access your crypto, you need to go to Argent.xyz and download their smart contract wallet app right onto your Android or iOS device. Argent is the most secure way to hold money on your device while still being able to access DeFi services that we all know and love on Ethereum. Through Argent, you have one tap access to the beloved DeFi apps like Compound, Uniswap, Aave, and you can even invest directly into some yield generating assets right from your Argent wallet. Crucial to maintaining security over your assets is Argent's Guardian service, which which allows you to use a friend to make sure that you can always restore access to your funds in case you were to ever lose your phone or for your device to break. You can also use a local hardware wallet to ensure that you can always restore access to your funds yourself. One of Argent's newest features is their ability to route trades through 10 decentralized exchanges, including Uniswap and Kyber, to make sure that you are always getting the best trade on your assets. Similarly, pushing the fold on what we can do in Ethereum and DeFi, Argent has replicated some of the legacy financial services that you would expect from your bank, but put it directly into the hands of the user, such as send limits and whitelisted accounts, ensuring that if anyone were to be able to access your funds in your Argent wallet, they could only send up to a certain amount and only be able to send them to approved addresses, which is creating one of the most safe environments to hold your assets in, which is why people have put millions and millions of dollars in into the Argent wallet that they use on their device. In order to see the Argent wallet in action, go to argent.link bankless and download the Argent wallet on iOS or Android today. We're also brought to you by Monolith. Monolith is your cool new DeFi account, your DeFi savings account, your DeFi checking account. Except the cool thing about the Monolith DeFi account is that it gets software updates, right? You actually get to increase the usefulness of this over time. So here are some of the features. Monolith is a smart contract wallet with a lot of the features that you would expect if you've come to know DeFi and what it is. You can you can add money to it. You can put that money to work uh, in compound and, and accessing yield. Uh, but you can, and you can also swap through Uniswap. What was cool with Monolith is that they will send you a very sexy Monolith Visa card that connects to your smart monolith smart contract wallet on ethereum so it's a really awesome tool to live a bankless life with a a, a savings account that gets software updates so this is, this is something that you're never going to find out in the real world but you can still do real world things with you know real money and like buy your groceries so that's just fantastic coming soon to monolith actually already here to monolith is now you can buy die and get it sent to your wallet directly right so it's also being an on-ramp so you don't have to go through your centralized exchange like coinbase or gemini or wherever you can just go straight from your bank account right into your monolith checking account smart contract wallet so check them out at monolith.xyz
1: good morning bankless nation we are rolling it up this week this is the second week of november david you ready to roll up the week my
0: friend rolling them up, rolling them up. Every single week, we take all the information that's happened in the world of crypto. We package it into a bite-sized chunk and inject it right into your brain as roll-ups do. We're rolling up the news. All right, so here's what we do every
1: week. The format is the same. We dedicate five minutes to five topics so that you get the entire week into your brain in about 25 minutes. We, We try to honor that. We try to keep to that. So we go to market, releases, news, takes. And then we conclude with what we are excited about right now. So this, this happens every Friday morning on both YouTube and the Bankless Podcast. Catch it in both places. David, let's get started with the market, my friend. What is the market
0: saying to you? Do you want to start with Bitcoin? Bitcoin? Yeah, today, Bitcoin is pushing above $16,000 a coin. There is not much price history above this level. So that is pretty exciting. Uh, this is what I'm about to comment is just for today. It seems like is uh, ether is taking a little bit of a dip. Uh, Fi is another token that I'm paying attention to that's taking a little bit of a dip. Things seem to be rotating into Bitcoin. We've seen this happen before. Things rotate into Bitcoin, Bitcoin pumps, things rotate into ether, ether pumps, Ether rotates into DeFi tokens, DeFi tokens pumps. Today, it's Bitcoin's turn.
1: All right. So all of these markets are connected, but 16K is pretty like, that's a milestone, right? Like yeah, we are within striking distance of all time highs for Bitcoin. At what point is mainstream media going to start doing this? You remember 2017, where it was like every day uh, CNBC mm-hmm. would like be talking about the price of crypto
0: something. Uh, I, we haven't seen that yet, but all. we got to be getting close. Yeah. Nick Carter gave out this line recently, quietest bull market ever. Right? <laughs> and, and I don't, I think we're going to, that's a blow, good take, right? I think we're going to blow past previous all time highs and there continue to be general silence. Like maybe some people will start to tap into it. I don't think we're going to see like the, the retail hype FOMO until something like 30, 40, $50,000. And it just won't be on people's radar.
1: That's silly because people are missing out on like 3 to 5x gains right there. I'm glad you are tuned in. You're not going to miss out on those on those gains in crypto, guys. We are in the bull market. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a website I found while, while we're on Bitcoin, David. This is Bitcoin Treasuries. Uh, so this actually maps out the amount of Bitcoin on publicly traded balance sheets of, of companies. And it's quite a lot. So we've talked about MicroStrategy before and Square before. I mean... It's starting, right? Like some of the publicly traded companies are starting to put crypto on their balance sheets. That's huge.
0: Right, yeah. This is a website that Bitcoiners really, really like, bitcointreasuries.org. Uh, at the bottom, you see a total tally of 814,000 BTC, just under 4% of the total supply of BTC. Although that number does kind of get weighted by Grayscale quite a bit. Grayscale yes. represents way over half of all this. Um, but it's definitely a, a website to watch. Like, Ethereans, we like our locked and DeFi. Bitcoiners like their B- BTC in balance sheets. Absolutely. And I think ETH will make its way over there at
1: some point, too. Yeah. All right, let's talk ETH price. So, I mean, you mentioned it, we're at 460 right now. Mm-hmm. When you're listening to this, it might be either higher or lower. But, I mean, it's, it's tracking Bitcoin, just not quite as um, aggressively yet.
0: Yeah. Yes. Well. So it's doing really, really well. Like at the height of DeFi summer, like DeFi yield farming, the the peak of Ether price was four ninety, and we're at four sixty now, which is a, a really strong resurgence up from the the bottom of the quote unquote DeFi crash, which was like at three ten. So Ether's Ether price action super healthy. Um, just today, in the last twenty four hours, Bitcoin kind of kind of has taken the wheel, but Ether's doing just a bang up job. Like nice job, Ether. Keep going. I've got my I've got my tweet scheduled for uh the four seventy five. ETH price is hilarious
1: at four seventy five. Um it's still pretty funny that ETH You got it scheduled. Well, I mean (laughs) scheduled for (laughs) I'm just gonna like I get a a notification four seventy five. I know it's time to tweet. That's Mm -hmm. what happens because it's still pretty funny. Under five hundred, I think it's funny. Under eight hundred, I think it's funny. Uh we'll see how it goes. All right, but uh, Grayscale, our friends at Grayscale, whom we are having on the podcast on Monday when you're mm-hmm. listening to this, um, Ethereum hit in their Ether Trust, uh, hit 1 billion in assets under management. So they're onboarding an awful lot of institutional
0: investors into ETH, the asset right now. That's got to be bullish, right? absolutely bullish and this is the metaphor that we gave out on the podcast with michael sun and shine coming out on monday that grayscale is the bridge right we are building the arc in DeFi, we are building the arc in ethereum but grayscale is offering a fantastic bridge to onboarding onto that arc and they are being rewarded handsomely for that effort Okay. If,
1: um, well, let's talk about what's locked in DeFi right now. Are we up or are we down on the week, David? And the amount of value locked in DeFi.
0: Yeah, last week I think it was roughly around twelve point one billion uh, in DeFi. Now we're at thirteen point four five billion in DeFi. So wow. while there has been like that dip in ETH price since the end of DeFi summer, you do not see it in the total value locked in DeFi. And we so just went, so went up a billion, David. Sorry, we just went up a billion. Over a billion, like 1.2 billion. Dude, that's yeah. huge. Do you remember
1: when it hit a billion?
0: When was yeah. that? It's yeah, like that a blur serious. to me. Wasn't that was it like weird? February. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and now we're just, we're <laughs> chalking down like $1 billion marks in DeFi. And so like, like you know, Ryan week, and I, we're super ETH bulls, but we can take away, we can actually extract like maybe our bias about Ether and just looked at the billion dollars in DeFi and tell you that DeFi is worth at least $13 billion because that's what people have put in here.
1: Absolutely, ETH uh, locked in DeFi looked about flat. So some of that value is coming from other places. I bet I know where partially. It's probably coming from DeFi tokens. Yeah. I uh, I tweeted this out. It's like um, this was like uh, Friday. I think I tweeted out. Uh, remember yesterday when DeFi tokens were dead?
0: Yeah. That's <laughs> like, what Bitcoin is dead.
1: One day things totally flipped. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone was suddenly after DeFi summer super bearish on DeFi tokens. And then last week, up to now, we saw a massive resurgence. This is the DeFi Pulse Index, which is an mm-hmm. indice of uh, a bunch of the top DeFi tokens. And that shot up almost like it almost doubled from mm-hmm. this week, uh, from last week to this week. What's, what's your take?
0: Yeah, we were watching, and this, was, uh, this story was told uh, by the Wifey chart so, so well, where Wi-Fi kept on plummeting and it capitulated down to like 7,000 something. Somebody opened up a short at the bottom and then a bunch of Wifey uh, community members all banded together to, to just squeeze that short. And then a bunch of DeFi tokens just mooned at this event. right? Maybe, maybe it was related to other factors as well, but Wi-Fi bounced off the floor at like $7,500 and zoomed up to $18,000 in this space of like one hour. Uh, and it's, it's been around that mark ever since. So, so yeah, b- people love to hammer on DeFi tokens when they're bleeding, uh, but that doesn't mean they're dead and they're, all, they're, they're gonna come back to bite you. Don't bet against DeFi tokens, they'll get you.
1: Guys, if you liked DeFi season one, you're gonna love DeFi <laughs> season two. It is coming out soon, I guarantee you. All right, let's move on from market and talk about some hot releases. We gotta start here, David, PayPal. All right, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago in the roundup, but now they are like fully onboarding uh, anybody. They've removed their whitelist so that users, and they have about 330 million, if I'm recalling correctly, PayPal users have the ability to purchase crypto within PayPal. There's no whitelist anymore. They, they've taken that off, uh, and they are certainly following Square's lead on that, except they've like included more assets than square has and square you could just buy bitcoin but this you can buy ether you can buy bitcoin including a bunch of things that you probably shouldn't buy but you can buy them here uh pretty amazing right david like did you ever think that you'd see the
0: day Yeah, I, I guess I, I guess I did. Uh, I'm I'm happy it's finally here. And you're totally right. They are following in Square's footsteps, where Square I think made eighty percent of their revenue last quarter or profits or something from Bitcoin and Bitcoin alone. And that's run by Jack Dorsey, uh, quote unquote Bitcoin maximalist. I think I think that's a, a fair take on on who Jack. He is. You should come on the show if you're listening, Jack, Jack. Jack, come on the show because we'll like you're, you. you're you're leaving gains on the table by just <laughs> focusing on Bitcoin. PayPal's gonna eat your lunch because you left them there. And so like. Like PayPal is integrating everything, uh, being a little bit more agnostic, a little bit less political, and they're gonna they're gonna make their revenue too. Uh, and we're, this is probably just the first of many payment processors to enable crypto because they want money because they're yeah. money maximists.
1: Super exciting! I think one of the biggest things to happen this year for sure. All right, let's talk about uh, Liquid Stake too. Mm-hmm. So, a few problems with. Ether staking at this stage, it's it's hard to put less than uh, thirty two ETH in. You got to run your own validator. You don't have liquidity once you bridge ETH to uh, the Beacon Chain and, and ETH two. Um, some folks, including Andrew Keys, formerly of Consensus, now at Dharma Capital, huge ETH bull, yep. are creating a solution to that. We actually had them on uh, Meet the Nation this week on our YouTube channel, right, David? Can you describe what this is? Because they they just announced this on Wednesday, I believe.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So staking can be hard. Like not everyone is equipped to run a node or, or be that technical or even manage the uptime of their node. Then you also have to self-custody your assets, new private key. It, it can get kind of complicated. In addition to that, you are locking up your ether for an unknown amount of time. It could be more than two years, could be more than three years in the worst case scenario. That's a long time to lock up a bunch of capital. Uh, and so in order to kind of uh, remediate some of these problems, uh, the, the dumber capital boys are rolling out liquid stake. So you can deposit less than 32 ETH. You can deposit more than 32 ETH, but not multiples of 32 ETH. And then you can also get a USDC loan based off your deposit. So while you are locking up your capital in the deposit contract in the genesis of Ethereum, as you should be, because we are all stewards of Ethereum, you can still access the value in your deposited Ether. So solving a lot lot of problems here.
1: Yeah, uh Stewards of Ethereum, because you should be your patriotic duty. More on that next week, guys. Bankless Nation is going to war next week, and we're oh, yeah. putting some posts out with some propaganda that I think you're gonna love. Anyway, let's move on to the next one. Dharma. So, Dharma, a different Dharma. This is not Dharma Capital, the, the fund that we're talking about. This is unrelated. Dharma is also a smart contract wallet that's pretty fantastic from a user interface perspective. And they released some functionality to give Dharma users the ability to buy tokens in Uniswap directly from a bank account. So you connect your bank account, you can do up to 25K per week, and you can buy any token uh, on Uniswap with that. Super easy, like click of a button on a mobile app, kind of easy. DeFi is getting easier and easier. David,
0: do you have anything to add here? Yeah, so it's, Dharma is connecting your bank account to Uniswap. Obviously, there's a bunch of steps in the way, but that's what a, comp- a good company does is they take a bunch of hard work and then they eliminate that for you as a service. And so you can connect your bank account to you know, like your preferred illiquid you know, token on, on Uniswap and just buy it, buy it right then and there. Uh, right from your Dharma app. So tip of the hat to Dharma for also being able to to pivot and really move quickly Uh, because when they started, they were not uh, this. They were a kind of a a peer-to-peer borrowing and lending service and it didn't really work out except this, then they pivoted into this and it's been working out great for them.
1: Speak. Uh, you know, DeFi DeFi pivots um, mm-hmm. like are some of my favorite projects now. Aave yes. was sort of a pivot, and Synthetics, the next one, I want to talk mm-hmm. about really quick is it was kind of a pivot too. Originally, they were creating just a stablecoin to compete with Maker, mm-hmm. and they pivoted it into a, an entire Synthetics platform. Mm-hmm. And now they've just come up with um, a synthetic oil, basically that you can buy. Right. So this is a um, oil exposure, oil price exposure as a token that you can purchase. Can you talk about this?
0: Yeah, one of the bull cases for Ethereum or the bull case for Ethereum is that it's the sell- settlement layer for all assets. Except one of the bear cases for Ethereum is that it's really hard to get off-chain assets onto Ethereum. Like that's a very large unsolved problem. And so Synthetics, as a synthetic asset generation platform is kind of a, a solution to that. It's like, we don't actually need the assets, asset itself. We can just make an agreement to produce a synthetic version of that asset. And this is one of the first off-chain assets that Synthetic is putting into their ecosystem using oracles from Chainlink, you can now buy, not you don't—you aren't, aren't buying oil, you aren't buying a barrel of oil, but you are buying the value of a barrel of oil, which to like 95% of people who care about oil, that's what they care about, right? And so uh, this is now an option, you can now purchase quote unquote oil on Ethereum.
1: Yeah, and it's backed uh, at the end by store of values, right? Basically, uh, this is a bull case for Ether as well as uh, some of these synthetics will be, based on the value of Ether at the very bottom layer. So super cool
0: stuff. David, let's get to uh, some news. I think if you want to live a bankless life, you need to get a hardware wallet. There is no alternative for storing your crypto in a self-sovereign fashion. That's why I have four ledgers that I use to manage my different crypto assets using the Ledger Live account as well. Ledger Live is like your home base for managing your Ethereum, DeFi, and crypto accounts. It does a really good job of aggregating all of your different Ethereum wallets if you are the type of person that uses more than one, but you can also add other cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin or Cosmos or whatever your preferred blockchain is. And then it will display an aggregate portfolio of all your accounts at the main page. One thing that Ledger is doing a really good job of is enabling all the money verbs that me and Ryan talk about with the Bankless Skill Cube, enabled in the Ledger Live app. So right now in the Ledger Live app, you can buy, sell, lend, swap, and stake your crypto assets, which is doing a really good job of fulfilling all of the money verbs in the Bankless Skill Cube. Something that's new to Ledger Live is Ledger Swap, where you can swap assets one for another directly inside the Ledger Live application, ensuring trustlessness in your financial activity on Ethereum and on Bitcoin. If you want to learn more about what you can do with a ledger, go to the blog post, The Power of Ledger Live on the Ledger website where they share some of the more advanced things that you can do with your Ledger that you might not have known about. There's a link in the show notes that will take you to the Ledger shop where you can get your preferred Ledger hardware wallets. I personally like the Ledger Nano X, but I also have both. They're both great options. When you own a Ledger, you own your own assets in the way that they have been designed to be held by the user and the user alone. So go get your Ledger today to make sure that you are as self-sovereign as possible. The Bankless State and the Nations are brought to you by Wire. Wire is DeFi's first self building community run project, which I just get really, really excited about. Wire is a system that seeks out yield in DeFi and it does that in a number of different ways a very aggressive way is with the vaults where you can deposit your preferred asset of choice and Different DeFi experts will come in and generate a strategy for what to do with your deposited token, right? And so it'll go find ways to get yield in that deposited token in DeFi for those who want to just earn yield on their stablecoins, the earn system is for you, where you can deposit your preferred stablecoin and YEARN will go and figure out which money market on DeFi in DeFi is producing the best interest rate, whether it's DYDX, it's Compound, or Aave. It looks around DeFi to see where the yield is coming from and it directs stablecoins automatically so you don't have to. Check them out at whyearn.finance to get started and also check out the stats page to see what other people so, are doing as well. David, let's get to uh, some
1: news. I think the big news event probably of the um, of the week was that Infura went down. Can you tell folks what Infura is if they're not familiar and why that outage caused such a stir?
0: Yeah, like I mentioned earlier, sometimes running a node is hard, right? Like sometimes your computer goes down. Ethereum as a node requires a little bit more intensive of a node operation than the normal blockchains like, like Bitcoin. Uh, and so people use Infura. So Infura will run your node for you, and then you can just use Infura as your quote unquote endpoint. Uh, some Bitcoin or Maxis won't like this because they are always about running your own node. And, and then in, in, there's something that happened with optimism. They accidentally triggered, uh, I think it was actually on purpose. There's another backstory to that. We won't go into it. They, they triggered some contract on Ethereum that caused um, certain versions of Geth and Geth is one of the clients for Ethereum 1.0, uh, certain uh, versions of Geth to like come out of sync with other versions of Geth. Uh, and so people that were on that older version of Geth actually started uh, working on a different fork of Ethereum. this has since been resolved. And, you know, Ethereum, people are joking about how Ethereum went down. That's not true. We just had two forks for a brief moment in time and now we're back onto the one fork. Uh, And then people are learning how to deal with this, right? And so uh, there's been a a decent number of uh, ecosystem responses to figuring out how to solve and make sure this problem doesn't happen again in the future.
1: Yeah, so the cool thing I think about this is um, this just increases the anti-fragility of Ethereum. So similar to how we had pretty large gas fees over the summer, and that actually uh, led to a good outcome, which is more development on Ethereum's layer two, right? So we had projects actually take layer layer two seriously and speed the development of it. I think a lot of DeFi projects and Ethereum users as a whole will start to diversify their reliance on uh, Infura to other service providers. So either running nodes themselves, of course, that's an option, but there are a slew. This is a website with uh, almost a dozen mm-hmm. different Infura-like service providers uh, that you can like acquire data from and, and, and use instead of a Fura, Infura. So we do have some redundancy he- here, and I do think it increases the uh, anti-fragility of, of Ethereum when we have events like this. It kind of exposes the soft underbelly, I guess, of, of some centralization in the network.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely right, and this just goes back to the the very common line: what what doesn't kill it make it makes it stronger. And so, there, there, if you're on Twitter, you saw a bunch of just fighting about it, and Ethereum uh, Bitcoiners were having their their heyday. It's like, oh, Ethereum centralized. <laughs> But like, uh, to me, I wasn't in fact impacted by it. It like didn't, didn't stop me from getting what I wanted to get done. And now it's once again not stopping anyone else from getting what they want to get done. Uh, and, and, and Bitcoiners will see this website, ethereumnodes.com, and they'll look at it in skepticism and say, here's 14 nodes that you can delegate your trust to. That's not running your own node. But I'm a, I'm a fan of Vitalik's view on this, where it just t- it's a herd immunity type thing, where... Only a, a percentage of the Ethereum world needs to run their own node in order for Ethereum to be adequately decentralized. Not every single person needs to run a node. And that's actually quite ridiculous to think that every single person in the world is going to run a node. Uh, so so long as we have like a curated list of people that, that are running nodes in good, good ways, then I'm fine with it.
1: Yeah, and by the way, some of these node providers purport to be uh, much more decentralized than Infura, so I haven't looked at Pocket, but I've heard very good things about its its approach to decentralization of these things too. All right, let's move on. So Zapper, our friends at Zapper, we did an AMA with them uh, earlier this week. They just
0: snagged some funding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Talk about that. Yeah, Delphi Digital. Really, do I really like all the uh, Delphi Digital's like placements of their funding? I, every time they they make a, a funding round, I'm like, that was a good move. And uh, also got funded by Coinbase as well. Uh, So Zapper is just this way to interact with DeFi in a way that's really efficient. Like sometimes in DeFi, you need to go to Uniswap and then you need to go to Compound and then you need to go and do something else. Zapper just bundles it all together and makes it really easy to do stuff. And so I feel like that's a pretty strong case that like Zapper is the front end of like Ethereum in a way. Like if you just want to get something done, you go to Zapper.
1: Yeah, you know, um, I, I really like Delphi's approach too because they, they almost take like an activist investor type role mm-hmm. where they'll go in and not only invest, but they'll also assist with uh, token economics and financial models and that sort of thing and sort of uh, improve on the design of the token. So that's a really totally. good, really good take, uh, really good strategy there. All right, Binance, what's, what's up with this? Uh, our friend CZ, he's pledging 100K to Gitcoin grants uh are there strings attached what
0: is this is yeah, this just no, a gesture of goodwill there's never any strings attached with uh, donations to gitcoin so that's just fantastic uh, yeah i i mean I, I don't know why cz is doing this other than being an altruist and so good for him like tip of the hat thanks for funding gitcoin
1: maybe it's good pr but regardless PR, credit where yeah. it's due i mean yep. good job cz more of that please we'll, we'll um, upgrade
0: cz to chaotic neutral yeah exactly all right,
1: CypherTrace, um, they put out a report this week and they said basically half of the 2020 crypto hacks were from DeFi protocols and exchanges. But I read through the the summary of this report. There's a lot of like DeFi FUD here where it talks mm-hmm. about uh, people, criminals using uh, DeFi without AML, KYC, how it's unregulated, how it's a huge vector for money laundering,
0: mm. and that
1: sort of stuff um, I think just puts fear in the heart of regulators. Of course, if you're a company like Cyphertrace, maybe that's what you want because yeah. if you know, regulators will buy your products that way. But um, I gotta be honest, I don't love it. It kind of sends a, a shiver up my spine mm-hmm. when you've got uh, companies in the industry talking in, in this way. What's your take on this?
0: Yeah, so there, there's two things to, to, to note here. Cyphertrace is not gonna solve DeFi hacks right? They're just going to be able to help find the culprits, which I guess is okay. Maybe that's a defense mechanism, but the right way to solve DeFi hacks is stopping it at the source, not by threat of punishment, by, but by improving your code, right? Like if you got hacked, your code was weak, so it needs to be better. That's how you stop a DeFi hack. The other take I have on this is that the title of this is half of 2020 crypto hacks are from DeFi protocols and exchanges. Like, what, about, what about value? Because if we if we talk about what how much value was hacked, centralized exchange hacks dwarf DeFi hacks by orders of magnitude. Like DeFi hacks are Trump change, small fry, small money, in comparison to the amount of value that's hacked from centralized exchanges. And so maybe the number of hacks is more, but the total amount of value that's stolen from centralized exchanges is way larger.
1: Definitely, the Qcoin hack alone that was like two hundred twenty million, something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, if you recall, all right. Um, Ray Dalio. Uh, do you know Ray? Do you like Ray? I you like his, stuff? Yeah.
0: his book Principles.
1: Fantastic book.
0: Everyone should read it.
1: I love Ray's stuff, especially his stuff on uh, monetary policy. But uh, he had kind of a bearish take on Bitcoin. He said there are three problems with it and crypto in de- general. He called it digital currency in general. One, you can't take Bitcoin and buy things with it, right? So it's not a medium of exchange. Two, it's too volatile and 3 if it did become a threat to governments governments would shut it down make it illegal so you know we we had our conversation with Raul Paul that we put out on monday and he sort of uh, diffused number 3 where he basically mm-hmm. said sure a government could try to ban it but then another government in some other country will not ban it this is kind of what happened with the, the you know the gold ban fdr's gold ban the us banned it other countries didn't the us ultimately had to uh, like uh, take away its ban and the, the countries that didn't ban benefit it. So the game theory there, uh, I think says that, that, you know, maybe that won't play out the way Dalio thinks it will, but you know what I was struck by David is just like Dalio kind of gets the whole, uh, modern, uh, monetary policy, how it's going to inflation how like fiat currencies aren't going well, but like, he's just at the starting line when it comes to understanding crypto. And this is exactly where everyone starts. They always right. say crypto is not a good medium exchange is too volatile and governments will ban it. Like that's where I started. When I first learned about crypto, I was like, oh, it will it'll never right. work because of those three reasons. So right. I actually think this is bullish. I do think Dahlia will come around at some point.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he's also interestingly made really uh, positive statements about Ethereum. Like uh, he has historically said like Bitcoin is kind of like a pet rock and Ethereum is much more interesting in the same vein as the CFTC chairman a while ago. So like he, he, I don't get what uh, he is all about with crypto. Like I can't get if he's bullish or if he's bearish or if he's skeptical or if he's not skeptical. He seems to be a little bit all over the place. So um, I'm, I'm curious to see how he does develop his mental models because a lot of people listen to Ray Dalio. And so what he does say does carry a lot of weight.
1: You know, it's funny though. He actually, I watched that uh, interview. He actually ended the Yahoo Finance interview and he said, yeah, so that's why Bitcoin will never win or digital currencies will never win. And you know what will win? Gold. I just thought to Ooh. myself, guys, like, buddy, I know like no millennials is chef. buying gold right now, yeah. right? Like just <laughs> look rock. at the demographics. <laughs> I mean- We're not buying gold. So maybe that's true now. Maybe that's true even for boomers. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily going to be true in the next, you know, in the decades Mm -hmm. to come. That's Um, exactly right. All right. We could talk a lot more about what the government is is doing. The final boss, as we call it. I'll go through these really quick. But ShapeShift had to delist uh, Zcash, which is an anonymous cryptocurrency. Don't love hearing about that. IRS is coming after Coinbase for tax information. So guys... FYI, if you're doing crypto trades on, on Coinbase, the IRS knows, like, get right with the tax person yep. or else they will definitely find you. Mm-hmm. Um, Bitcoin mining pools, some of them, one of them is at least implementing KYC. I don't Ooh, love that either, right? Either. don't like right? either. At the same, in the same token, we've got some good news coming from the final boss, as, as we call token? it, the nation state, which is uh, central bank digital currencies are coming. They've got to embrace crypto. They've mm-hmm. got to embrace at least... Networks like Ethereum in some way. The Fed is researching central bank digital currencies. An article came out. Uh, about that, highlighting the issues on the block, we'll include it in the show notes. Also, Lebanon is the next country to step up and say we're doing a central bank digital currency. Every week we're talking about this, David. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it, it seems to be there's just like this good cop, bad cop going on with with uh, you know, <laughs> central centralized governments, right? Where you know the the Bitcoin and, and DeFi get the bad cop, and the central banks digital currencies get the good cop uh, because like this technology is valuable, and so people are going to figure out how to use it. You know, every single week on this. Um, uh, on the weekly rollups, we talk about you know X country r- rolled out central bank digital currencies, and you know X token got you know it got the purview of of the nation state you know down on it. This this week it's Zcash, and this week it's Lebanon. Like well, I wonder what it's going to be next week. We will see.
1: Yep, absolutely. All right, we we've done uh, markets, news, releases. Let's go to takes. What's on your mind right now, David?
0: So for those the people that follow me on Twitter, they know I went to war with the green frogs, uh, oh, the God. green frogs of Twitter, the green frog army. So I want to clarify a few of the points because this is what's been going on in my head. Wait,
1: wait, who are the green f- frogs for people who aren't like in the in the whole scene here?
0: Yeah, so the green frogs are the the Pepe frogs, right? And they've actually been a thing before crypto, right? We saw the green Pepe frogs being kind of more loosely associated with the rights movement than the movement that elected Donald Trump. This kind of like army of like individuals, generally anonymous that are, you know, on, on their computer and are memeing themselves into existence. And it's a very good strategy to go viral, right? It's leveraging meme culture, it's lever- leveraging internet virality to help bootstrap a movement, right? And, and the, the, allegedly, uh, Russia used this as a tactic to get Donald Trump elect, uh, elected into office in 2016, and I think that we are seeing that same engineering play out using Green Frogs on Crypto Twitter and in other mediums as well. Uh, and you know, I, I'm not I'm not convinced that you know Chainlink at all did this uh, intentionally. I think actually Green Frogs associated with Chainlink was much more of a bottom up uh, system, like a bottom up uh, community engagement, because these things need uh, community. But in the same way that like, you can only do the immaculate conception of Bitcoin once, you can only do the immaculate ICO of Ethereum once, you can only do the immaculate like YFI liquidity mining once, you only get the immaculate green frog community once. And now there's a bunch of other projects with tokens that are trying to leverage green frogs to bootstrap their community. And I'm just having none of it. It's just BS, like, no, like you only only get to do that once. And I'll give Chainlink the pass, but any other project that tries to bootstrap their their community by green frogs like no they're trying to dump their token on you who's doing this Bitcoin. say names
1: oh, the projects are doing this? avalanche
0: is what i'm talking about okay and what like when you're saying the green frogs what are they doing
1: are they like hiring some kind of a group or it's a small set of actors that are creating these uh like anonymous accounts mm-hmm. and basically mass spamming they're not real people it's just a handful it's like a single entity Kind right. of thing, or is this more decentralized? Because that's that's what they would say. It's like, no, we're individuals, David. Right. Uh, we're all decentralized.
0: How how do you know the difference? Yeah, it is not. It's a non-homogeneous thing, and there are green frogs that are completely sock puppets that are ge- en- engineered to boost a token, and then there are people that just like memes. And so like, it's a and it's hard. And this is why, like, when I go to war with the green frogs, it's hard to like actually defend my position because there are totally examples where I'm wrong. And some guy just has a green frog Twitter account that he enjoys being part of the green frog. It's always the exception. Right. And, but there's also like one individual that makes 10 green frog accounts and they put on the avalanche cap and then the avalanche blockchain has their, their telegram where they're giving away avalanche tokens to these accounts who like and retweet and engage with just to spur fake engagement. Right. And that's, that's the part that I'm pointing out. And so I'm, I'm kind of ready to throw the baby out of the bathwater out with the bathwater in order to, to make sure that everyone needs to know that you don't have to engage with these green frogs. They're not the most valuable type of engagement in your L1. It's not really the community that you're looking for.
1: And are you doing this just to kind of like, uh, you know, tell people about this, raise awareness sort of thing. Cause it does feel a little bit like
0: whack-a-mole, right? Like every time yeah. you, you hit one, you know, five more are going to pop up. I think the reason why I'm doing this is I just want to signal to people that like the, the green frogs aren't as legitimate as they need to be. Like one green frog account does not equal one human account. Like and and not this is not a war on anon Twitter accounts or anon Reddit accounts or whatever. You get to be anonymous, but if you are anonymous under the green frog banner or are trying to just like bootstrap fake engagement, like that's not the same. Like there are plenty of anon accounts that I think are really valuable, but they generally aren't green frogs.
1: Yeah, they're real people
0: under mm-hmm. under that. Yeah, makes sense, man. Makes All sense. right, Ryan, what's on your mind? Um, well,
1: uh, maybe I'll talk. I'll, I'll talk the main thing. So the main thing on my mind is when we had that conversation AMA with Zapper. Uh, the question came mm. up: Hey, are you guys supporting a DeFi on other chains? That made me think like. DeFi and other chains, what chains actually can contain something like DeFi, which gets to sort of the, the definition of what is DeFi? I put out this Twitter poll, and of course, it's biased towards whoever follows me, which is biased towards like, mm-hmm. like the things I talk about. But I asked a question about um, each, each like major network that maybe claims DeFi in some way. Mm-hmm. So is Bitcoin DeFi was my first question. And it was interesting. The result from that was about 50-50. So fifty percent of people said no. Fifty percent of people said yes. Um, I asked the question: Is Ethereum DeFi? Eighty percent said yes. Twenty percent said no. Is Binance Chain DeFi? That is, of course, a chain from you know Binance that mm-hmm. is has some sort of um, distributed consensus uh, d- delegated proof of stake. The results were twenty percent. Yes and 80% no. So skewed the opposite way. Is Polkadot DeFi, hmm. that came out the same as Bitcoin, about 50 50. Is Cosmos DeFi 35%, uh, 37% yes and 63% no? I wanna get your take. What, what does all that tell you? Does yeah. it tell you nothing or is this a ref- some reflection of, of sentiment?
0: Yeah, I, I think you didn't do a very good job parameter. Parametri- oh boy. Paramet- parameterizing. Parameterizing. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna cut this out. Parameterize. Okay. I-, I think you could have done a little bit better job parameterizing your your statements, like because like what is what does it mean to be DeFi, right? Like is an L1 DeFi or is an L1 a host of DeFi, right? I believe that Bitcoin itself is a representation of DeFi, even though it doesn't host DeFi. And so I think in, at least with Bitcoin, you got people that were answering that question from two different angles and then maybe kind of got your, your results muddied a little bit. That's my take. Yeah,
1: well, so the reason I ask that simple question is because we often use, use uh, the term DeFi in such a simple mm-hmm. way. Where we just say, this is DeFi or that's not DeFi. And it's Mm -hmm. almost like, this is pure and that is not pure sort of thing. But I do genuinely believe that there has to be some sort of cutoff on your layer one where Mm -hmm. like, look, if it's controlled by CZ, Mm -hmm. right? And just a a handpicked set of people, like, how can we call anything built on top of that Mm -hmm. decentralized? Sure. Like, like to me, that probably skews over the line. And it was interesting that uh, 80% of, of, of voters sort of agreed. Yeah, I
0: that. think that 20% of people that think that Binance Chain is DeFi, there's your there's your uh, mar- margin of error right there, <laughs> 20%. Well, that's interesting. I. The,
1: the word is just very tricky, and yeah. um, I think that uh, DeFi is going to be continue, continue to be used uh, in marketing and not sort of a real way. Um, yeah. But anyway, that, that's been something on my mind. Do you want to switch to, let's close this out. What are you excited
0: about, David? So second week of November, what's, what's exciting? Yeah, and we've been putting a ton of content out on the Bankless newsletter and podcast, and it's going to continue to be that way because I'm just super excited about ETH staking, right? It's such an important part about what Ether is and what it will be into the future. People, and we, we said this line on a previous Bankless, uh, Bankless uh, YouTube video. The bulk, the bull, It's so bullish that Bitcoin is being understood. It's bullish to be understood, right? And, and like when you're in the crypto industry, like sometimes you feel like this like crazy conspiracy theorist revolutionary, revolutionary about how like, oh, all the world is going to come to crypto. If more people understood that, we wouldn't feel so crazy. And if more people understood that, then the price of these things would go up, right? And so I think people are coming to learn that Bitcoin is like gold except in this new evolution of gold, except now it's Bitcoin. And I think people are going to come to learn that ether and the ETH stake rate is an evolution on the bond market, right? Mm -hmm. This is something we've been hammering over and over again on the Bankless show. Uh, the, The bond market's massive. It's the biggest industry or market cap in the world, right? And so there's never ever been before a hard money bond market before proof of stake Ethereum. And so that's what I'm really excited about seeing manifest into the world and people coming to understand this.
1: I I said that before, but looked it up after, after our last show where we talked about this. So gold is about 8 trillion. The sovereign bond market is about 57 trillion. Right. Mm -hmm. And that feels to me like the total addressable market that ether staked ether is competing in. So pretty massive, pretty cool.
0: Yeah. And I know you're excited about this too. And so we're going to be beating this drum for a long time on the bank. Absolutely. Show. Absolutely. Ron, what are you excited about? Well, you know, I'll just say one thing. Look, it's been a long
1: winter. It's been a long crypto bear run and where we've been sort of plateauing for a while. I'm excited about the bull run, David. I feel like we're in it like at the early stages, mm-hmm. but I feel much more secure in saying that we have entered the bull market. So for some folks watching, this could be their first. Remember, right. it's like uh, it was my first uh, back in to, in 2017 to see a full on bull market. Right. And they're fun. It's going mm-hmm. to get a lot crazier if this is your first bull run that you've seen. Expect things to get crazy. Expect things mm-hmm. to get out of hand.
0: Emotions if, will run hot.
1: Emotions will run hot. Uh, scams will persist. It will probably mm-hmm. get crazier than you think. But buckle up because we're in the bull run, and it feels it feels good
0: all right guys you guys know that we are perma on the bankless podcast but that's for a reason in the bear market you're always kind of like oh my gosh what if the bull market never comes and so like now the fact that it's actually here like we kind of get really excited about it so you know we, we, we're perma but we like to bring the energy so all right guys thanks for listening to the weekly rollups. again we do this every friday morning drink your coffee because we have are bringing the energy it's on the podcast it's on the youtube if you're watching the youtube there's a bunch of awesome graphics that you can follow along with just in case you want a little bit more of that information injected into your brain so subscribe to the youtube subscribe to the podcast and subscribe to the newsletter where we are about to put out so much content about eth staking like ryan alluded to we are going to war next week there are going to be a ton of hot memes coming out of the bankless show so stay tuned for all of that take care guys